Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer is here, and Trump is back. Guess who's back? I'll be back. I'm looking at it. Back again. Have you seen the t-shirt where it's Donald Trump, uh, you know, the movie poster, The Terminator? Right. Where it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Arnold, but it's not Arnold, it's Trump holding up the gun with the glasses that says, The Trumpinator, I'll be back. (laughs) I love it. I want that shirt. So how much (laughs) of that... Very long announcement. Long. Did you watch last night? Did you make it all no, the way through? Uh, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, it was a long one. Um, I thought it was. I, I thought. Um, I guess poised is a good word, um, but definitely subdued. It wasn't rally Trump necessarily. This was presidential Trump. Um, it wasn't Twitter Trump. It was. He was last night. How a lot of middle of the road. Republicans and even maybe some independents wished he was instead of bombastic and insulting Trump. But can he rebrand himself as that guy, or is it too late? That's the million-dollar well, question right now. I mean, because you go, you compare and contrast his behavior last night, again, very presidential and poised, but yet subdued um, to you know some of the social media things that he's put out against uh, Ron DeSantis and, uh, you know, like even Glenn Youngkin. Right, Youngkin, and Winsome Sears and Youngkin. Yeah, and, what are they, like, why is he, like, because Youngkin wouldn't commit to not running for president in 2024 in the press. Trump went after him a couple of days ago on his Truth Social. So it's just kind of stuff like that that still has people <laughs> tiptoeing around, like walking on eggshells a little right. bit when it comes to a Trump presidency. This was the big announcement last night. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. Make America great and glorious again. Magaga. Magaga. We're going with Magaga now, apparently. Yeah, he talked about his four years in the White House, and, and everybody was thriving like never before. And, and, and you know, by this time in 2020, back in 2020, the economy was coming back from COVID, stronger border, no inflation, stuff like that. Had a lot of, he looked back a lot, and then he looked forward to uh, his presidency, uh, his, you know, what could be his second presidency. He did bring up some of the COVID restrictions, especially in how it plays with our United States military. We'll get Biden's radical left ideology out of our military. And I did. I did. And in the first day, they put it back. They signed an executive order and they put it back. It was gone. We will abolish every Biden COVID mandate and rehire every patriot who was fired from our military with an apology and full back pay. Yeah, I like that. I like a lot of the stuff he had to say last night. I I, I definitely like that stuff. If you were let go in the military for not getting that gd vaccine then you should be rehired with back pay and an apology especially knowing what we know now about the vaccine how you how it doesn't stop you from acquiring covid or spreading it you know but the speech was so damn long even sean hannity bailed out of it really sean hannity that's like his buddy those two are bros right even he cut out of it at one point the new york post called it low energy 
Now I get <laughs> Donald Trump is damned if you do, damned if you don't. If he went went up there and he was rally Trump, rally Trump, yeah, yeah, yeah. calling people sob and saying fake news, they would have said that he was a lunatic. He's fired. But he was trying to be somewhat subdued last night, and he got called low energy by the New York Post. Hmm. This is Matt Schlapp. He is the head of the CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. He stacks up, and his policies stack up just so perfectly against all these Biden fiascos. And I think he, you know, rather methodically walked out. It was a little more boring than most Trump speeches. It was a little more sober. Um, uh, he stuck to the script, which was, I think, at this moment, exactly what he needed to do. So, bravo, Mr. President. And Schlapp's right. Uh, he did. I, I like that you know he compared and contrasted his presidency with the last two years of Joe Biden. He said Americans are going through pain, hardship, anxiety, despair. It's a nation in decline. Um, uh, but then he also looked forward to what can, uh, you know Americans can expect if they elect him for a second term. So, one of the questions that a lot of people are asking is. Why so early? Why did Donald Trump announce his candidacy so early? And we'll get into this with Tony Kennett when he joins us here in just a little bit. But for me, if I'm looking at this, I think Donald Trump, one, wants to jump in front of an indictment. I do believe in the next 90 days, he will be indicted on those classified documents from Mar-a-Lago. Now, we could have the debate on whether that should happen or whether it shouldn't happen. Is it BS or not? That's a separate discussion. But I do think it's coming. I think the old man wanted to jump in front of it, and then he can use that to his advantage like he usually does. And get two full years of media. This You're right. Does this happen? doesn't normally happen this early, but he gets two full years of media coverage in this, and... Uh, I don't know. I've heard I've heard people say clear the field, like you know now now there's gonna now that he declared first, nobody, there's gonna be some people like ah screw it. I'm not, if he's in there, I'm not even gonna try it. But I don't believe it. Tony Katz had a good point earlier this morning. You think Ted Cruz wouldn't run for president? You think um, Marco Rubio or some of these guys still wouldn't run for president, even though Donald Trump announced a year early that he was running? No, they've got no you shot know. of winning, but they're not scared of running. I think that's what it comes down to. For me, there are two people who could win the primary and only one who could win a general. We're talking about Donald Trump and we're talking about Ron DeSantis. As much as I like people like Rand Paul or some of these other folks, they've got no shot of winning the primary. They don't. But DeSantis does and Trump does. But I think only Ron DeSantis is the one that could win the general right now. I think DeSantis is going to kick back in his you know his governor's chair or whatever you call it at his big desk put his feet on the desk his hands behind his head and just sit back and watch the party for a little while before he decides what to do and that's smart and listen i'm not trying to beat up on donald trump i voted for donald trump twice nobody's beating up on him. i loved his policies like the sideshow stuff i do not care i was entertained by it but it didn't affect me i love the policies from the jobs reports to working on the border. Standing up to China, wiped out ISIS. Right, the low <laughs> prices of fuel, yeah. American energy. I was here for that. And if he's the nominee, I will vote for him again. But I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think he can win the general. There are too many people that don't like the guy personally. And apparently, that's a big deal. 
Because our presidency in this country has become American Idol, whether you like it or not. It's going to have to be more than, look at Biden, he's a radical. The Democrats are radicals. It's going to have to be more. That's not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's what that speech was about, but that's like in general, that's one of the reasons why the GOP didn't do so hot in the midterm, midterms. Trump even talked about that last night. He said, um, you know, Republicans probably should have done better in the midterms, blamed it on people not understanding the full consequences of, of Biden's policies, but they're going to feel it pretty soon. Um, but they're going to have something more than just, uh, uh, those guys are radicals over there. He, and that's one of the things Trump talked about in his speech, moving forward, looking beyond uh, what Americans can expect if he's elected again. But is he already branded? Can he win over people he's already offended or ticked off? Is it too late? I think, I think he saw the polls after the midterms and after he said that stuff about DeSantis and Yunkin. Remember, we talked about it yesterday. Those polls were pretty bad for Donald Trump. And I think somebody got a hold of him and said, hey, enough. At least for this speech, tone it down just a little bit because people it was novel back in 2016 it was also new wasn't it right it was also fun and it was fun because hillary was such an unlikable sure, witch sure but now even though biden doesn't know his left from his right and he shakes hand with the air people <laughs> view him almost as like a grandpa he's not ultimately unlikable like hillary was and whether it's gavin newsom whether it's pete Buttigieg, they won't have that same Ugh, factor that Hillary Clinton had. Honestly, a lot of people voted against Hillary Clinton and not for Donald Trump. That's how he got 2016. And that's the same thing, uh, except in the opposite direction for 2020. Right. Now, I want you to throw me that tinfoil hat over uh, here, Notch. Where, 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 Throw me the hat, because I'm going to put the hat on here. There it is. Let me put the hat on here, <laughs> because I'm telling you something, and I believe this to be true. You are going to see the national media openly root for Donald Trump to win this primary because they know their guy can beat Donald Trump. Well, the Democrats were paying MAGA Republicans. They were funding their campaigns in, uh, in, in primaries across the country headed to the midterms for that exact same reason. And we're already seeing the strategy because Donald Trump is really good at taking a headline from a news agency and using that to fire up his base. All right. So last night, this was the headline from the Washington Post. I'm going to read this word for word. Quote, the twice impeached former president, Donald Trump, 76, who refused to concede in the 2020 election and is in the subject of multiple criminal investigations, is running again in 2024, increasing the likelihood of a potential rematch with Biden. That was the Washington Post. See, that's, you know, stuff like that. People are going to look at that and might say, screw it. I'm voting for the guy again. I see what you're trying to do. And here's NPR. By the way, your tax dollars go to NPR. Quote, Donald Trump, who tried to overthrow the results of the 2020 presidential election and inspired a deadly riot at the Capitol in a desperate attempt to keep himself in power, has filed to run for president again in 2024. <laughs> you got to see what's going on here. Let me straighten up my hat. They're going to keep doing these types of headlines to fire up Donald Trump's base. Yeah. They and it will. want him to win. And it will. It sure will. Uh, Tim Poole, independent journalist who's got this podcast, uh, retweeted the 
NPR thing, that headline he put, and he put this. Joe Biden, who is called a pedophile by his son and is seen on camera groping and sniffing little girls, says he intends to run for re-election in 2024. <laughs> so, fire with fire. Exactly. It's the same thing. But the thing is, my tax money isn't going to Tim Pool. It's going True. to NPR. <laughs> like, I see a lot of people saying, oh, the MAGA crowd doesn't like free speech all of a sudden. No, they can say what they want. I just don't want to pay for Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. So, a former NBA basketball player, Lamar Odom. Uh, Lamar Odom has become a co-owner of an Indianapolis CBD company. Whoa, 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 stop. Higher Life CBD Dispensary. Lamar Odom likes weed? (laughs) I had no idea. Wow, what a shocker. Wasn't Lamar Odom the guy that took so much Viagra, he like almost had a heart attack at like a bunny uh, ranch? Uh, yeah, is it a Nevada brothel? Like, a, you know, had a bunch of cocaine in his system. Was uh, I believe he was uh, um, unconscious. Right. He was in a coma for a little while. And his estranged wife at the time, Khloe Kardashian, oh, right. yeah. she came rushing back to help him. And I think it was Chris Rock who said, this is historic. He's the first guy that ever had hookers and blow save his marriage. <laughs> Now, now I don't think. <laughs> yeah, well, when you put it that way, sure. They got back together after that. Um. So this stuff, I don't think this stuff gets you high. This is like it's like for inflammation and helps with pain and stuff like that. Um. And you know, yeah, he was in rehab in 2017. He does say, I find this interesting, and I, this is kind of a fine line with. With guys that are trying to, you know, get off drugs or beat opioid abuse, is like you know they switch to oh, to cannabis, right? I mean that's right. the thing. So Lamar Odom is saying like, you know, look, everybody's road to sobriety is different. Uh, I use cannabis to keep me off the stronger stuff. So that's he. I don't know if you know. I don't know if a drug counselor would necessarily accept that excuse if you're going to somebody and and trying to get completely off drugs right so, well well, i could still use cannabis right can so, you imagine going know. to like a therapy center or like a rehab yeah. center and the guy says listen the best way you're going to get off black tar heroin is go see lamar odom <laughs> i don't know if that's sage advice i don't know if i want to follow that advice feels like everything lamar odom has been a part of whether it's his personal life or his relationships i don't think i want to have any part of but i do feel like there's support there's um advocacy for uh medicinal marijuana to help people with their pain as opposed to you know oxycodone or something like that you know what i'm saying like yeah, percocet right so 
So there's a difference between that and it being a drug addict and saying, it's all right, I still smoke weed. Now, I don't know if he smokes weed. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know if he uses edibles. I don't know. But he did say he uses cannabis to keep him away from the stronger stuff. I'm not sure that's if, if a drug counselor would say that's necessarily the best path. But he, but this stuff that he's involved with, like we're talking about this Indiana company, this uh, actually it's downtown on Pennsylvania, Higher Life, uh, I believe is, is what it's called. This stuff is just for the CBD um, dispensaries just for like pain, pain and inflammation and stuff like that. I got five bucks that says Abdul knows everybody in that place. <laughs> He's going to walk in and be like the norm from Cheers. <laughs> Abdul, hey, how you doing? All right. Now, for this next story, I can't have you laugh. All right. Because somebody did pass away in this story, but I don't want any judgment. I don't want any laughter. Right. We're going to be adults here. Okay. Okay. A man was killed while videotaping himself dancing on the top of a speeding truck. A Houston man says that uh, a Houston man is dead because witnesses claim he was on top of an 18-wheeler speeding down the highway. He was trying to get his phone out to videotape himself, and he wasn't paying attention, and he smacked the bridge coming up, oh. kind of like the giraffe scene in The Hangover 3, and threw him <laughs> off. Stop you laughing! And he died. Some oh. would say play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I'm going to take the uh, high road here. Yeah, I don't think you, there's any part of the high road that you took while well, you compared it to the giraffe scene in Hangover 3. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't get to take the high road after you compared the man's death. It reminds me of the scene in, um, well, uh, in Teen Wolf, where they were dancing on top of the wolf with Styles. Styles oh, Van. Styles Van turned it into the Wolfmobile, and uh, he's dancing on top. That's what they were trying to do, right? Styles Fun fact, I once had a five-minute conversation about the movie Teen Wolf with Jeff Saturday. <laughs> The, the current head coach, current of head coach of the coach? Indianapolis Colts, because um, we were hanging out with uh, Dallas Clark at the time, and this was at a show. I was working at ZPL at the time, and uh, Jeff Saturday and Dallas Clark come by, and I don't know how we started talking about '80s movies. And Jeff Saturday said he always wanted to be on top of Styles Van, and so we had a back and forth for about five minutes about the movie Teen Wolf. I wonder if he'd remember that. Hey, it's Jeff Saturday, I'm a Teen Wolf guy. Back in the 90s, we were talking about Teen Wolf, back in the early 2000s. Give me a keg of beer. <laughs> like, he did the impression, and it was amazing. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey, fam. I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. Hey, 
Hey, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Tony Kennett, the man that was once called into the office by HR because he appeared on Tucker Carlson. Hello, Tony. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, guys. Uh, co-founder of Chalkboard Review, also former STEM administrator for IPS. Um, let's. Uh, there's a number of different places we could go. Let's start with what everybody's talking about, Donald Trump's uh, announcement last night. He is indeed running. I thought it was a subdued Trump, more uh, kind of um, um, casual. Trump, if you will, which which I didn't think was necessarily a bad thing. What did you think of your like your overall perspective last night? I mean, considering the lead up to it, he said was going to be the most important speech in American history. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, which is a very Trump thing to say. I, I don't know. I mean, I think politically, it's a very bad move to announce your candidacy a full two years out. Um, there's been some interesting speculation as to why he chose to announce this earlier. If you're the big name, though, if we take everything else aside, you want to wait until right up until right up until uh, it's time for the primary vote almost so that you can kind of jump in. The tidal wave washes away all other candidates, which is what he did last time. Um, Ted Cruz announced early and ended up paying the price for it. So it's kind of a weird move to see him do this. Uh, I don't think that he has as much support of the Republican Party as he has enjoyed previously. Um, A lot of people in the last couple of months have kind of gotten tired with some of his antics. And I think they're ready for newer or let's just say different leadership. That's, I, I swear, though, I mean, you know, just two or three days ago, he was on his social media platform calling out Yunkin and DeSantis to sanctimonious. Um, and I think then the midterms happened and then the polls came out and they saw how low he was in the polls. And that's why we saw a more moderate Donald Trump up there at the podium. And he does get to have all the media coverage for the next two years. I mean, maybe. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think so. I, my prediction is in six months he's done. Um, I mean, he'll still be on the you know on the primary ballot, but I, I genuinely don't think that he has the longevity to be relevant for another six months. Uh, his biggest problem is that he spent the last couple of weeks not criticizing Biden's policies. He spent his last six weeks criticizing Republicans, including those that he endorsed that didn't do as well as he wanted them to, and then including those that he didn't endorse, and then just, you know, criticizing people just for the sake of criticizing people. I don't really know how that's going to be an effective campaign for why he should be elected president again. Uh, Again, and I'm someone who was a fan of a lot of his policies while he was in office. I voted for him twice. Uh, But I'm just not really seeing a path forward for him at this point. A lot of, not even the, the Republican establishment, but a lot of the conservative traditional community are done with him. They just don't really see any path forward for him. And some of the stuff that he's saying, it's getting really hard to excuse. Now, we'll jump in here. I do disagree with you, Tony, on a couple different things. Number one, I do think he will be around after six or so months. I think he's going to try to ride this thing out as long as he can. And honestly, I think the reason he's declaring so early, he can see that indictment coming down the road. I think over or under 90 days. I'm taking the under until he's indicted for these classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. And we can debate whether or not that's a BS indictment or not. But I do believe that's coming down the line. I think he wanted to jump in front of that. And ultimately, if he is served an indictment, he can say, look, they're afraid of me. They don't want me to run for president. That's the angle, I think. 
So that is actually what I was referencing a little bit earlier when I said there are several reasons some are speculating that he's running. uh, So he's announcing his candidacy so early. And I think if I had to make a guess, that would be it. Although with the leak coming out in the last couple of days suggesting that all they found as far as the reason for Trump keeping those documents was just ego. They're mine. I like having good names (laughs) on paper. Like that's all he wanted the papers for. He wasn't going to sell them to the Chinese or Russians or anything like that. He just he's Trump. He likes mementos. It was like literally in his sight and he's like that i want that it looks cool pack it up to florida (laughs) and i think that's really what they're going to find with the indictment as far as to him losing steam i mean i don't know i guess i'll have to take you up on that we'll see uh, how quickly he loses steam in the next two years right i don't think he's going to win the primary i think it's DeSantis's to lose but we're all assuming ron DeSantis is going to run exactly and DeSantis, i was reading earlier today is sitting on a ton of cash he doesn't have to declare until you know the week before the election probably he could still you know right. declare. You know, so i think there's only but... two people that can win this primary it's donald trump and it's ron DeSantis. one of them has declared that's why i think he's going to be around a little bit longer than people think interesting that, that's a that's definitely a perspective to take i see where you're coming from i think that in the case of DeSantis. What I'm really looking forward to see is how he's treated probably like a George Washington, where he doesn't announce and everyone starts to get nervous and everyone basically comes to the point of saying, dude, please, come on, please run for president. Please represent us. Please, you know, help lead the party. And I think he'll do one of those things where he walks out in front of everyone and says, well, if that's what the nation wants, it's a brilliant political move. And that's probably where I'm hedging my bet is what happens. Well, I think I think people need to be prepared for the fact that even though it might be a situation where you're holding your nose and voting for him again in the next election because I don't know that I see anybody else uh, from the Republican side if DeSantis uh, decides not to run I don't see anybody else primarying him no a lot of the senators are just milk toast garbage I just don't yeah, want to vote yeah. for him um, speaking of milk toast garbage Joe Hogsett also oh. announced that he's going to be oh, no. seeking a third term as the mayor of Indianapolis last night uh, Penny for your thoughts Mr. Kennett I mean, hey, you know, when you've been in the game for a little bit, sometimes you're, you want to go out with a bang. And uh, a lot of players going into their senior year really trying to break the record for Hogsett that appears to be homicides. So he's clearly <laughs> trying yeah, to rack yeah. up the biggest number of homicides in a season. And uh, so I think if he runs for mayor again, he's like, I can double that number and we can be the most dangerous city on the face of the earth. That seems to be where he's going. How much of this is that he got skipped over for some sort of cush gig with the Biden administration? Right. We see the former mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms. She got a easy gig with the Biden administration. Old Diamond Joe got passed over. He thought he was going to get him something. And now, lo and behold, he's got nothing to fall back on. What the hell might as well be the mayor again i mean that's really the saddest part here i mean i would say sad it's actually hilarious that he thought he was all that in a bag of chips and it turns out that no one cares about the democrat mayor from indianapolis who can't even stand up to the indiana supermajority but at the same time can't even get his city to turn any kind of a positive number in any way shape or form i mean marion county under his leadership has regressed to whole status so i'm you know it's one of those things where you kind of want to point and laugh and then you also just want to say a quick prayer for the citizens of indianapolis 
Tony Kennett joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. All right, Tony, let's get into uh, your wheelhouse here just a little bit. Um, It's almost referendum season. I'm already hearing Westfield, they're going to be hitting up the taxpayers for another referendum of some kind. Uh, This is the time of the year where we start seeing these financial junk referendums coming out, and I want to get your thoughts on those. So a lot of these public schools, especially in the greater Indianapolis area, are like a freshman college student. So they go to school and they have a little bit of money saved up, hopefully, and they think, okay, I'm going to spend this money wisely so I can have it the entire semester. And then after two parties in the first two weeks at college, all of their money's gone. And so they make that call to the parents and go, guys, can I please have some more money? And in the case of the greater Indianapolis public schools, this is the 18th time that they've called the voters and said, hey, I know we didn't spend your money last time, but come on. You like kids, don't you? You want them to be safe, don't you? In the case of Brownsburg's referendum, you want them to be able to learn, even though I haven't been able to prove that I can help them learn, even though I've not been able to prove I can keep them safe. I really think you should give me some more money this time. And the funny thing is voters are growing more tired by the day of hearing about this, you know, beautiful new car that's turning out to be a lemon. Right. And the thing is, if they were just honest about it, maybe people wouldn't be as surly because we're seeing more and more of these referendums uh, be defeated, which I think is a great thing because these schools eventually are going to have to learn how to run their own fiscal house. But these school districts, and I've seen it all over the place, they'll say the money is for teacher pay. They'll say that this is for safety. Next thing you know, you've got a brand new football field, you've got a brand new baseball field, you got a lot of stuff. Well, I mean, in the case of Brownsburg, they told everyone, we need this money for school safety. And then the voters were like, no, I don't believe you. You're going to waste the money. And then what happened? Brownsburg built all of the stuff for school safety anyway. They somehow found the money to do that. Imagine and as far that. as... Oh, I know. Imagine that. As far as teacher pay is concerned, I point to Muncie Community Schools. Muncie Community Schools revamped their budget when the uh, administration was kind of uprooted and, and the state kind of moved in to oversee things. And all of a sudden, they found all of this money to pay all of their teachers and pay all of their substitutes and pay all of their aides. And it turns out that if the schools actually spend the money the state gives them properly, as in with a fourth grade level of education and finance and spending, you can pay your teachers. And the more people to figure that out, the less this referendum stuff is going to fly. I'm telling you, if they would just come out and say, hey, we need a new band room, we need a new parking lot, we need a new football stadium, just be honest about it, it'll probably still pass through, but don't lie to us. Uh, Tony, where can we get more information on your work, my friend? Well, you can always, if you're having a really bad day and you just want to browse the worst of the worst in online content, you can find my Twitter at the Tonus. There it is. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I've got some interesting stuff coming down the pipe that I can't announce just yet. So I'm going to ask everyone to kind of hold off for maybe a week on that announcement. You're but, running uh, you're for mayor of Indianapolis. <laughs> you're running for mayor? Mayor Tonus. Mayor Tonus. The superintendent of every Indianapolis school. It'll be yeah. great. <laughs> Tony Kennett, thank you. Thanks, gentlemen. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. 93 WIBC. You're a famous radio personality. Famous. Famous. I'm not famous. Uh, We've been doing it wrong this whole time. I'm talking about laundry. 
Uh, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Coming up after 4 o'clock, another update on uh, what happened yesterday. Ukraine, Poland, Russia. Uh, there was a hashtag going around World War Three. I was Twitter. told there'd be World War Three, Nigel. Yeah, well, that's going to on a bit of a delay, thankfully. Here's a study. We were all using way too much laundry detergent. For small loads, experts say a tablespoon of liquid detergent might be enough. I need to I need to learn from this because I just I don't even measure it. I just dump it out. And we got one of those efficient like high efficiency uh, laundry, uh, you know, clothes. What am I trying to say? Dishwasher. Washing machine. Washing machine. Duh. Washing machine. I was thinking dishwasher, uh, and it broke. Oh, my wife got so mad. We had to have a guy out because I was pouring too much detergent in it. You didn't use and the was, cap? Like, I use the no, cap I don't as use a measure. No, I, I pull the thing out of the washing machine and I just kind of like let it let it pour in. <laughs> and uh, it was apparently too much for the system to handle and it kept on giving us error codes. So, what are they saying we're, we're supposed to use here? Um, tablespoon of liquid detergent might be enough for a small load, uh, maybe two tablespoons for large loads. That's not enough. As Smokey's mom says in Friday, that's not enough. Make it enough. Well, don't do, but it just depends. Do you have the high efficiency running washing machine, or is it just a? I think it, it's the high it, efficiency does it say one. HE on it. Yes. that's what it stands for. But uh, yeah, listen. When you got two teenage boys and boy funk is in that washing uh, machine, yeah. you want to just dump the whole thing out. You're going to need yeah. a little bit more than a tablespoon. <laughs> Which brings us to great moments and washing machine history. Take a listen here as some hillbilly turned on his washing machine, <laughs> grabbed a hammer, and did his rendition of Thunderstruck. And he's banging the washing machine. That's what that is. <laughs> Hold on. That that was a washing machine, a dude, and a hammer. Correct. Okay. Now this is a washing machine, another hillbilly, <laughs> and the devil went down to Georgia. Okay. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil a few. I'm gonna fiddle the gold if it's just so I think I'm better than you. Come on! <laughs> that is, you know, my washing machine does the same thing as yours. Does yes, it, especially when on the when it's spinning at the end. And if you put too much laundry oh, yeah. in it, which I've been known to do, sure. like when you get toward the end, you just there. want to get it done. Yeah, you probably put too much in there. That's when it makes this sound. And this next song is one of my favorites. This is another washing machine song. The machine is rocking. The guy's performing a song. See how long it takes you, Big Nige, to identify the song. Okay. <laughs> a little eastbound and down. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock My name is Nigel. Jason e. Hammer is here. It's about this time yesterday we started getting reports that Russia flew a couple missiles into Poland and knocked out some grain bins or grain drying agriculture center or something like that. Right? Killed we two know, people. Killed two people. It's Russia, this, and it's NATO. Poland is in NATO. And oh my God, Article 5, World War Three. And it turns out that wasn't the case. We've been going through this since March. This is the first time any missiles have kind of landed in a NATO country. It was on the border of Ukraine, uh, this this little town in Poland. But um, um, we've been going through this since March, since Russia invaded. Well, actually, since 2014. Right. To be technical about it. But um, so this was kind of the first time, you know, any anything squirrely uh, across uh, a NATO country, uh, across the border of a NATO country. And, but it turns out it, it wasn't what we thought it was at all or what people on Twitter was saying or what Zelensky from Ukraine was saying. Well, right? that's the thing. The reason World War Three was trending is because Zelensky went out there right away without investigating, without really doing any sort of research or whatever, and just said, yeah, Russian missiles hit Poland, and then everybody started losing their minds. We must act, I believe, is, is one of the quotes from Zelensky. Which is fancy talk for, hey, NATO allies, bomb Russia so we can win this war. He's trying to drag everybody into this war without doing any sort of recon here. Well, now, today, depending on who you talk to, it was either Ukrainian missiles that went into Poland or Ukrainian missiles that were shooting down Russian missiles. Either way, Zelensky's original story was complete crap, and so many people rush to judge Except for one person, and I can't believe I'm going to give this person credit, Nodge. Joe Biden. No way. Really to say whether this missile was fired from Russia? There is preliminary information that contests that. I don't want to say that till we completely investigate. But it, it is, uh, I, 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 it's unlikely in the minds of the trajectory that it was fired from Russia. It's unlikely, based on the trajectory, that it was fired from Russia. Every once in a while, a broken <laughs> clock is right. Every once in a while, the sun will shine on a dog's butt. And every once in a while, Joe Biden is no, right. Whoa, 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 whoa. We finally got a moment where Joe Biden was right about something. It didn't come from Russia. But hot damn, Zelensky wants everybody to fight his war, and this is ridiculous. Even Poland, even Poland, again, uh, right on the border there with Ukraine. This is the first time this has happened. Everybody's freaking out because it's NATO and it's Article 5, and like if if they go to war, we're all going to war, and all of a sudden things are going nuclear. But that's they took time. They looked at it. They um, um, you know took measurements or whatever, and like yeah, look, even Poland was saying, oh no, this is probably this is this is an accident. This doesn't even look like Russia did this at all. Warsaw and NATO claimed that the missile that hit Poland likely came 
from Ukraine defense. Also, three U.S. officials say that preliminary assessments indicate that the missile that struck Poland was fired by Ukrainian forces. I do, I do think it's pretty cool because like yesterday or this week, it's been the heaviest in terms of um, missile launches from Russia to Ukraine. I mean, they, they, were, they were shelling them yesterday. They were bombing the crap out of them yesterday. And the missile defense systems that they have in Ukraine shot a bunch of them down. Most of them down, not all of them. They're targeting their uh, power grid right now. And um, just a side note, that's one of the things Trump talked about last night that I liked in his speech. He talked about missile defense, just as a side note. But man, this war, we got to stop funding this thing ASAP. They just announced another few billion dollars yesterday. That's on his wish list, a few more billion bucks. Now, keep in mind how the last 24 hours have gone. (laughs) It went from, oh my God, World War III to, oh... It was the Ukrainian missiles that crashed into Poland. Let's give them more money. What the hell are we doing here? So let's break this down dollar by dollar, shall we? Uh, The funding for this war in Ukraine, which again, has nothing to do with the United States, and we can stop with the whole, well, we have to stick it to Russia. No, we've seen Russia's act. The United States is in no danger from Russia right now. March, $13.6 billion to Ukraine. May, $40 $40 billion to Ukraine. November, this is Biden's new request. You just, just talked just about yesterday. it. yesterday. $37.7 <laughs> billion. That's $91.3 That's 33% more than Russia's total military spending for the year. And it's double the U.S. average of annual expenditure for its own war in Afghanistan. What are we Whoa. doing here? If we break down the numbers, if you project out to a year, it'd be $120 billion each year to keep this war in Ukraine rolling, roughly one-eighth of the entire U.S. military budget for the year, and we're not involved in this. And don't tell me that we are, because we're not. You know, there was talk a couple of weeks ago um, with Jake Sullivan, uh, Biden's national security advisor, showed up unannounced in Kiev to, quote, uh, underscore America's support of Ukraine. Uh, but there was talk that privately he pulled Zelensky aside and, and said, like, look, bro, you need to s- start sending out some signals that you're ready to negotiate or at least start diplomatic discussions. You need to now now in public, Jake Sullivan said, no, we're not pushing them for diplomatic discussions. But privately, that's what I read that they were doing. There were some rumors on CNN. There's a bunch of different. But, but, but Biden needs to do this out in the open. Biden needs to take charge of this. And like, I'm sick of hearing about nuclear war with Russia because they went into Ukraine, who's not a NATO country. Uh, come January, Biden has been warned already that he's not going to have a blank check for this proxy war over a country, as you stated, has zero significance in terms of, of you know national security for the United States or whatever. Right. They've never really been a big fan of the United States. Let's go back to the times that predate Zelensky's time in office. Keep in mind, the Ukrainians were pro-Saddam Hussein against the United States. So let's not act like this is some long-time standing ally here. It's not. And I want an audit of all of this money. Oh, yeah. I want to find out where every damn penny went because we're already hearing about this cryptocurrency scandal and we've seen a lot of the (laughs) U.S. military vehicles end up on the black market that allegedly we provided (laughs) with Ukraine. And here's what's disappointing. I believe it was Marjorie Taylor Greene on the House floor that called for a full audit of the money. It was shot down of course, by the Democrats, but there were a number of Republicans that shot that down, too. Was it her or was it Rand Paul? 
I think it's both. So I think I think both of them. They were calling for like, yeah, we need some oversight here before we start sending them money. And they, yeah, they voted that down. Right. How much of the yeah. money went to that cryptocurrency fund that ultimately came back and allegedly funded the Democrats in the midterms? Where is this money going? Because all I see from time to time now is Zelensky doing magazine covers, Zelensky playing grab ass with Sean Penn, hanging out with Jeff Spicoli, <laughs> talking about receiving his Academy Award. Spicoli. Doesn't really seem like a wartime kind of deal going on right now for Zelensky. And why should he feel that way? He's getting all this money. Hell, he probably wants this thing to continue. It's disgusting, and I want a full audit of everything. Um, can we get a little mood music here, please? When you hear this music, you know what's happening. Dateline, Texas. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has sent another bus full of illegal immigrants to Philadelphia this time. Oh boy. City Philly? of brotherly love. Philly, Philadelphia? Philadelphia. Yeah. All right. Let uh, let let the Fettermans figure it out. Let their governor figure it out. Why should they stay in Texas? Now, I am a little fearful for the lives of these folks going just getting dropped off in Philadelphia, but you know, what do they expect them to they're, do in Texas? The border towns are being overrun. These facilities across the border in Texas aren't designed to handle the kind of influx that we've seen over the past two years. Millions of illegals. Uh, 800,000 gotaways that we don't even know where they are. Uh, hundred, uh, Hundreds of these uh, people that have been caught on the terror watch list, or at least 100. Um, so, so yeah, they, 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 they you know ship them to somewhere else where it's a sanctuary city or a, a, a illegal immigrant-friendly place. Let them go swimming in the Fetterman's pool. Because remember, they said if they won, it was going to be open to the people because swimming was racist, according to (laughs) Fetterman's wife. Swimming was racist. So let them all dive into the Fetterman's pool, play some grab ass, and let them figure it out. I forgot about that. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. Emma and Nigel presents is It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Here's Hammer. He's going to tell us how we play Is This Anything? I'll run some stories by you. You break down all the information, and then you, Big Nige, give us the verdict. Hmm. Are these stories anything or not? Is this anything? There's a new video game. It's coming out next year. Okay. We don't have a date yet, but it's scheduled to be released next year. That will let you, the player, play as Jesus Christ. I'm sorry? You will get to be Jesus Christ acting out the New Testament 
in a new video game. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. A shortened demo version of the game is going to be out this December. Here's a little trailer for the world's first Jesus simulator. Many people have attempted to write about the things that have taken place among us. Reports of these things were handed down to us. Finally, we are meeting the Son of God who wants to save all humans. This wine is better than the wine we had before. Lord, just heal my son. And the only why you want to save all those humans deserve that and believe me that at the end they will betray you and kill you <laughs> is that supposed to be satan at the end why do you want to save these humans they're going to betray you and kill you uh so a jesus christ video game first person yes sir uh, no i don't think this is anything i think it's blasphemy probably that's <laughs> what was what i'm thinking and I'm, I'm watching the trailer now for this thing and uh like maybe if it was sort of based specifically on real events as described in the New Testament, but they're, I'm looking at this thing. It's like he's Jesus is using telekinesis to enhance his carpentry skills. Oh, there was none of that. You can level up in carpentry. <laughs> you can't. You can't. There was no telekinesis in the Bible. I don't think. Um, is it like can, like the you, ultimate Mortal Kombat games where choose your fighter? Well, that's the you thing. can be Jesus. You, you can be Judas. No, you. <laughs> You can charge up your Holy Spirit energy to perform miracles. Uh, you can uh, turn water into wine uh, to to fire up a wedding party. Okay. Um, you can tell. This is my favorite. You can teleport inside a sick child's bloodstream for healing. Okay. So those those are all the things you can do when you're uh, portraying uh, our Lord and Savior in this blasphemous video game. No, this is nothing. Is it like Pac-Man? Do you get three Jesus lives to play with? <laughs> I don't know. You'll download it in December, dude. I, How I'm, many miracles do you have to perform until you get an extra Jesus to play with? Okay. We're just in time for Christmas. Right. Just in time for the birth of, of the man. Choose your fighter. Is this anything... <laughs> We'll have a good mashup on this show. Oh, sure. Two songs get mashed up into one big super song. Take a listen to the 80s hit Land Down Under from Men, Men at, at Work. Work, yeah. With Metallica's One. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I can't remember anything. <laughs> Turn it up a little bit. Come on. Can't tell if this is true or <laughs> <laughs> this terrible silence stops Oh, here we go. is fantastic yes that is something for sure i believe uh the music video for the song one from metallica was the very first of their music videos they ever filmed really that was like their very first one off injustice for all i believe yeah there was their first it was kind of a mess i remember watching it when i was a kid it's about this guy that gets blown up in war and he doesn't have any arms or legs or he can't talk and he can't hear and he can't see but he's still alive they told that story in like a three-minute video yeah. 
<laughs> no, it's like a seven-minute-long song. Oh, good lord! It's okay. a seven-minute video. Yeah. Is this anything? <laughs> a new seasonal stunt product is out just <sighs> in time from the fine folks at Spam. A few years ago, Spam, Spam came out with a pumpkin spice variety. Ooh, boy. This year, Spam figgy pudding. Just in time for Christmas. Oh, I'm sorry. Spam figgy pudding. Good tidings we bring to you and your Is this a commercial? We wish you a Merry Christmas and a fantastic New Year. Bring us some figgy pudding. Bring us some figgy pudding. Wait, what is figgy pudding? I think it's some kind of holiday treat. From yesteryear. This is supposed to be a bit. This is an ad. Maybe it's like a spread. Or a tasty fruit smear. Uh, no, I don't think this is anything. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you here. Uh, I've, I've never had spam in my life. I don't know what it tastes like. I don't know. I mean, I know what it looks like. It looks like, it, it looks like a, um, you know, a cat food pate that you would right. open and give your cat. Uh, have you had spam before? I've never had it. I have had spam before, and you- imagine Patrick Ewing is sweating in your mouth. <laughs> That's the taste of spam. That's not a pleasant. You're not selling it for me. <laughs> no, I'm not. And that's the point. Uh, think of the sweatiest guy you know, whether it's Patrick Ewing, whether it's Shaquille you- O'Neal, or whether it's Matthew McConaughey in the movie A Time to Kill. Right. Think about the sweatiest person you know wringing out a sock in your mouth. That's the taste of Spam. It's salty. It's gross. It's Do warm. Do you cook it? Yes. You fry it up. You fr- like on a skillet? Yes. James, our producer, have you ever had Spam? Is that something you've had, buddy? I don't believe I have had Spam. Wow. How old are you? I'm 26. You're 26. Oh, yeah. uh, you guys I'm got 46. some living to do. You got some living okay. to do, James. That's uh, your assignment. Well, I certainly don't Eat want- some Spam. I, Eat I, some I, Spam, okay. Yeah, buy some Spam, report back to us when you're our, our producer next, but Probably. I certainly wouldn't do Spam figgy pudding, no. whatever that is, or Spam pumpkin spice. No, thank you. There are some people though that love spam. Well, don't, and, and don't tell me, well, you've never tried it. How know? How do you know you don't like it? I can just tell. Right. Looking at it. Right. I've never taken a pig turd and put it in my mouth, <laughs> but I promise you, I'm probably not going to like it. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show on 93 WIBC. Oh man. My name is Nigel. Hammer's here. I cannot believe we are almost to Thanksgiving. Are you ready to eat? Like, I'm so excited to eat. Look at me. Do you think I'm ready to eat? (laughs) Yeah, of course I'm ready to eat. And so we're a week away. What is today? Wednesday? Is today Wednesday? It is. So we're a week away from the biggest party night of the year, followed by Thanksgiving. It's bizarre that the night before Thanksgiving was always dubbed the biggest party night of the year, because you would think it would be like New Year's Eve or St. Patrick's Day, but... I love going out the night before Thanksgiving in my 20s. Uh, we hit, there, was, there was a stretch there. For some reason, we'd go to the Vogue, me and all my buddies and some other people. See the Vogue the night before. Just clock in at like 9 o'clock at night and just clock back out at about 3.30 in the morning stumble around and try to find a cab and you wake up the next day oh, all hung over but all the good food is awaiting you and i tell you. my mom my mom always had thanksgiving at like 11 30 <laughs> i'm like mom why don't we, can we do this at like five so i can <laughs> sleep a little longer i didn't go over to mom's house you know that sounds stupid to complain about whatever right care. total first li- world I'm, problems I'm, I'm living my own reality here folks i'm trying my best it is bizarre that 
Thanksgiving dinner sometimes is around noon. But you know what? I'm here for it because you can eat at noon. You can go back at five. There's treats all in between. It feels like I have to have food for that first football game. When the Lions are kicking off, I have to have a plate of something in my hand. So you're all about the noontime kickoff for Thanksgiving dinner. I am. I'm here for the noon kickoff. According to AAA, this year's Thanksgiving travel will be the third busiest tracked by uh by the automotive and travel club third busiest ever this thanksgiving 55 million people americans expected to travel for the holiday now uh now that's that brings a number close to the the pre-pandemic days but i wonder what constitutes travel going to greenwood to your in-laws house (laughs) right is that travel coming down to you know i'll probably come downtown and have thanksgiving with my family right uh from zions is that travel or is it like crossing state lines? I'm unofficially going to set the line at a 40-minute drive. 40-minute drive, over or under, to me, that That's is travel. travel. Yes. Yeah, and then sometimes we go down to, you know, down south, um, southern Indiana for my wife's and her family's Thanksgiving. They always put on a big, big spread. So that's and that takes like an hour and a half to get down there to uh to columbus and scipio and places like that jennings genco gen county so 55 million it's a lot of people Um, man it's not quite pre-pandemic but it's close and when you consider how high gas prices are i think that's almost even more impressive did you do any like when 2020 was happening and they told you don't go you know fauci was saying you know better stay in don't you dare go to thanksgiving don't you even think about going to thanksgiving did you yeah thanksgiving didn't you oh we had a big massive thanksgiving yeah Yeah. family was there it was good yeah we did too it wears me out when i see these people i can't believe this is the year we finally get our lives back i'm gonna see my family for the first time You could have seen them the last couple of years. Let's be honest. You would have been fine. You would have been fine. Um, Speaking of Thanksgiving, I mentioned that the gas prices are high for those who are traveling. Everything else is going to be high, too. Year over year, turkey is up 16.9%. Butter, which is a big part of my Thanksgiving diet, (laughs) 33.6%. Butter rolls are great. Uh, Frozen pies are up 18.6%. Potatoes up 15.2%. And eggs, if you're using eggs for anything, maybe as like a mixer or maybe you're doing breakfast before Thanksgiving meal, eggs are up 43% year over year. So Thanks, Biden. Here's a little public service announcement from the Hammer and Nigel show. With inflation, the price of turkeys and fixins are going up. Thanksgiving is going to cost the most in the last 30 years. But there's a simple solution to help you with the cost. Introducing eating less. You may be used to eating a chicken stuffed in a duck, stuffed in a turkey, stuffed in a pig. But try tightening your belt an extra notch before dinner. Sure, you usually eat your body weight in pie, but that's going to empty your wallet. So this Thanksgiving, make it more affordable by showing self-control seconds oh no thank you i've had enough there you go (laughs) so if you want to save a little Uh, money that's an option you can do no thank you Uh, according to a new study about divorce rates indiana is number 10 in america in highest divorce rates in the country oh no washington dc comes in at number one uh new mexico and nevada 
are number two and three. Now, I can see Nevada, home of Las Vegas, but uh, New Mexico is number two. Indiana comes in at number 10. Well, that's a shame. So that here's is. what I want to do, Nigel. I, mean, I, I mean, this was, by the way, just celebrated my 14-year anniversary uh, yesterday. Congratulations. And, and uh, you set the over-under in seven years when I got married. Correct. <laughs> I thought you'd well be divorced by now. She'd be, you know, <laughs> in a relationship with somebody else, uh, like an accountant, she, some, you know, some somebody. Millionaire, yeah. All right, all right. So I lost that bet, but I will maintain it was the right bet to make. Let's open it up. Since okay. we have the 10th highest divorce rate, let's play a round of why is your ex a horrible person? Oh, no. Now, I do not want you to use names. I want you to tell us why, other than spouse was sleeping around why your ex was a horrible person did they do something gross was there a moment they said something something gross why is your ex a horrible person did they poop on your bed amber heard right <laughs> 239 9393 that's our number 239 9393 ladies gentlemen tell us why your ex is a horrible person don't mention their name but be specific. We need specifics other than they're a floozy or a man whore. 239-9393. Why is your ex a horrible person? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Coming up after 5 o'clock, Boss Hogsett running for a third term. We will discuss that. Well, Donald Trump, not the only one that had a big announcement yesterday, huh? Right. Okay. But right now, we're talking about how Indiana is number 10 in the nation in divorce rate. Very sad. So we thought we'd have a little fun with that. <laughs> Tell us why your ex is a horrible person. Now, before we go to the phones, these are the rules. Don't mention their name and keep it clean and keep it short. Drew, why is your ex a horrible person? Because she punched me in the face while I was asleep. Oh, well, that'll do yeah. that. Was there a reason for said punch? Yeah, she was pregnant with my oldest son, and uh, she was craving Burger King, so I went out and bought her Burger King. She took one bite out of it and put it in the fridge. Well, I ate it. <laughs> so she punched you in the face. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, thank you, Drew. We well, are we off and running. Start off with the physical abuse. I, I knew this was probably uh, not the best <laughs> idea. April, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Why is your ex a horrible person? Hello. He is the biggest narcissist you have ever seen in your entire life. April, did you date Rob Kendall? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay, but he was just a cocky, arrogant, you know, never would let it go, right? Oh, I mean, never was wrong. Always did everything better. You got a story. I got a story better. Oh, I hate those people. They right. got to one-up one you. Yeah. a narcissist. Right on. Thank you, April. Let's go to Tina. Tina, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Why is your ex a horrible person? 
because he ate chocolate every night and fell asleep with it in his mouth and he <laughs> drooled it all over my pillowcases. And if anybody needed to be punched in the face in his sleep, that was him. But I didn't do it. So hold on, hold I was on. Not expecting that. Like chocolate was almost like his pacifier. He'd put the chocolate in his mouth. He'd fall asleep and it would drool yeah. and get all over the pillow. Yeah. And it looks like you had poopy pillowcases every morning. It was disgusting. So, so is that the reason why you broke up with him? No, but thank God somebody else has to deal with that. Ever. <laughs> thank you, I've Tina. Never heard of that. Most people fall asleep with a cigarette in their mouth. Right, a cigarette, <laughs> or in Hunter Biden's case, a crack pipe. Yeah. I've never heard of chocolate. Uh, Alexis, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Why is your ex a horrible person? She lied about everything. Everything that she ever said was a lie. In the beginning of our, our relationship, she lied about having cancer. Oh yes. And I didn't know, and I didn't know until like the third year, and then just just lied about her whole life story. So. Well, I'm sorry you had to go lie. through that. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty dark. Lying about cancer. Who does that? What the hell? Um, Barry, you are next up. Barry, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Tell us why your ex is a horrible person. Hey, um, well, after my son turned 17, we did a uh, DNA test for one of those fun ones online and found discrepancies. He wasn't mine. Oh. (laughs) And this is after 10 years of child support. And then come to find out the dad could have been one of two other guys. Do you still have a relationship with the, the son? Oh, yes, absolutely. He, he, in fact, lives with me. We found out while going to court for him to come live with me. Wow. I mean, that's literally the song Gold Digger by Kanye West. <laughs> like, he talks about that in the song. Yep. Barry, I'm sorry, my man, uh, but thank you. Rob, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show, Rob. Tell us why your ex is a horrible person. All right. Well, after... 20 years together, my ex-wife of now 12 years decided to reconnect with a high school buddy on Facebook. He had no teeth and no driver's (laughs) license. Um, I have teeth and a driver's license. And uh, after uh, connecting with him in a physical manner, left her spunk-laden underwear on my pillow in our home. Okay. And the hotel key card on the kitchen table. Well, yeah, you know, Rob, I don't know about did the other guy. Sk- did he say skunk? Let's let's just say that it was skunk. Um, <laughs> I don't know about the other guy, the but hell? it sounds like if you've got teeth and a driver's license, advantage Rob. I'm just going right. to say that right now. Advantage Rob. Good job, Rob. Uh, Chadwick, <laughs> you get the final word here, Chadwick. Why is your ex a horrible person? Uh, just first of all, I'm a years long listener. I've got you guys on speed dial, and really, this is the call that goes through. They <laughs> <laughs> get the tickets to the awesome shows, but I get this call. Thanks, guys. Uh, sorry, um, man. Uh, it, okay. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, I don't know the lies, the affairs. Um, it literally took my grandmother uh, telling me that I was released. I was working with youth at the time. Um, it was a horrible situation. Um, but the funny thing is, the property's paid for, the house is paid for, and after taking a few years to myself, I have met the most incredible best friend. Uh, she works at the Hilltop in Spencer, and um, 
uh, we win. We win. There you go. So, um, there you go. Turned out all for the best. Right, right. That's like a country music song right there. There were affairs with an S, and I did catch the S. There were affairs. <laughs> Multiple. And then yeah. it turned into a good thing. You met your best friend. All we're missing is a truck and a dog. Hot damn, that's a Luke <laughs> Bryan song right there. Thank you so much for uh, telling us why your ex... Or is a horrible person. I don't know. The chocolate in the mouth, falling asleep with the chocolate in the mouth <laughs> was my favorite. Although I did, I did like, even though this probably is not the best one, the, the, our first one was when the girl punched him in his sleep. Right, because like, he ate her Burger King. <laughs> she was pregnant. She ate part of her Burger King, put the, put it in the refrigerator. He ate it later, and she punched him while he was asleep. Correct. We don't, don't think physical abuse of any kind is funny on this show. No. But that is certainly an interesting story. Physical That's, abuse is yeah. never funny unless you're punching a clown. All right, coming up after 5 o'clock. That's a damn good joke. Thank you. Uh, the latest on Boss Hog set uh, running. Huh? I, for, usually, I usually turn the water on so nobody can hear me when I'm punching a clown. <laughs> Nigel, why is there water on? So why is the water running for 15 minutes? Gary told me you were brushing your hair. Boss Hog set's running for a third term. We'll talk about it next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is right over there. Trump wasn't the only one with a big announcement yesterday, right? No. One boss hog set. What do you call him? Diamond? Uh, Old Diamond <laughs> Joe. Because in The Simpsons, the shady mayor is a Diamond Joe Quimby. So here in Indy, you can go with Diamond Joe hog set or boss hog set. I think that's our favorite, although I'm beginning to be, I, I'm, beginning, I'm warming up to Diamond Joe. Diamond Joe. <laughs> Vote Quimby. Uh, he announced yesterday that despite being all in on term limits before, he wants another piece of Indianapolis. I stand before you to declare that with your help, I intend to seek a third and final term as the mayor of Indianapolis. Third and final term. Now, I thought mm. the last term was going to yeah, be two terms. Yeah, he his said final. Yeah, he said two terms. Said, no, that's it. There needs to be term limits. Two terms. That was it. Now, it's like two weeks to flatten the curve. Three <laughs> terms to ruin the city. Right. <laughs> the last three years, the homicides have all been over 200, and the last three years are one, two, and three in terms of homicide numbers. It's interesting that that correlates with Ryan Mears as the prosecutor <laughs> and Diamond Joe as the mayor. What do you know? Now, try not to laugh when I play you this piece of audio. Try not to laugh because Joe Hogsett in his speech yesterday did a victory lap on the police, 
how he's a good buddy of the police, the crime situation in Indianapolis, and how good the roads are. In Indianapolis, we're long overdue investments in our police department and equally long overdue improvements to police accountability means our city enjoys one of the best paid, best trained, best equipped police departments in the entire country. Yeah, you're a real friend of the police, Jeff. Yeah, no kidding. Long overdue. We know that the best way to end the violence in our streets is by helping our families stay in their homes and (laughs) students stay in their classrooms. Okay. What? And we certainly recognize that it should never be easier for a teenager to get an assault weapon than a diploma. And Indianapolis, where the state's road funding formula funds a mile of Keystone Avenue more than a single lane road in rural Indiana. So you're really going to do a victory lap on the roads and the infrastructure in Indianapolis, <laughs> Pothole Joe? You're really going to do that? And how about that line earlier? If you want to keep people safe, tell them to stay in their homes. <laughs> Long overdue police accountability, but I've yeah, he's a real friend to the IMPD, isn't he? Long overdue accountability, but we gave him money, but it's long overdue. The best way not to get shot in my city is just don't go out in it. <laughs> stay in your house, stay in school. The minute you walk outside, ba bam. It's a guy that after the first <laughs> night of riots, he you know stumbled out of his stupor and and said and began his uh, press conference by apologizing for the behavior of the police department after the first night of riots here. Like, now, I thought that was after the second night, maybe because the first the night, night was a Whatever. tweet that came out at two in the morning, because <laughs> right. we didn't know where he was at. Now, there are rumors that he was, and again, this is allegations, this is what we've been told by multiple sources, including Democrats, Diamond Joe may have been overserved somewhere, and he was in no condition to do some mayoring. As a matter of fact, he tried to come downtown, according to one Democratic source, but his staff was like, dude, you're in no condition to talk right now. Sleep this one off. We'll put out a tweet at two in the morning. Then you can come in here tomorrow and blame the police. Will that make you happy? Will that make you happy, Joe? He does have a uh, challenger, though, State Representative Robin Shackelford. Right. Democrat uh, running against going to be making her bid for uh, for the mayor, the mayorship. So if he's going to get beat, it's going to be in the primary because it's not going to be in the general election. We've seen that with Marion County. Whatever. Abdul's going to put his name in the ring for Republicans and he's going to beat Mayor Joe. Okay. Okay. God bless Abdul. Abdul Akeem Shabazz. We'll ask him about that Friday. Um, Speaking of putting people in positions where they haven't been winning. Mitch McConnell was reelected to be the Senate leader for the Republicans today. There was a lot of questions about whether or not it was going to be Rick Scott of Florida, which honestly I thought would kind of be a lateral move. But cocaine Mitch by a 37 to 10 to one vote. There was one vote that was abstained a secret ballot he will be the minority leader once again i don't think there's any i don't know if there's any precedent for a um a guy like mcconnell like a a senate leader uh, being voted out of his position 
Um, I don't think Rick Scott really ever had a chance. I think the, you know, the reasoning was solid. Hey, we want to change the direction of the Republican Party. We want to change the face of the Republican Party. We kind of, we didn't do as well as we thought we were going to do for the midterms, and maybe we'll go in a different direction. And I would have been just fine with that. You lost seats in the midterm. Like, think about that. As bad as the Democrats have governed over the last two years, under the watchful eye of one cocaine Mitch, (laughs) they somehow managed to lose a seat, maybe two, depending on what happens with this Georgia runoff. But all of these losers were rewarded with getting their jobs back. McCarthy, rewarded. Mitch McConnell, rewarded. So the more things change the more they stay the same nige uh dateline san francisco the bay area affiliate of nbc they're reporting that the attack on paul pelosi was pretty much what the today show reported when that reporter had his story taken down and was suspended yeah they suspended him or yeah yeah the reporter was suspended right Uh, Because his story was that it was Paul Pelosi that answered the door. Now, the Department of Justice, their story is that they had to basically go in and Paul Pelosi was, you know, already injured and he couldn't get there. But this is the investigative reporter for Bay Area NBC talking about the story. Now, the Department of Justice says the two officers opened the door. That's according to a federal indictment filed earlier this week. But the San Francisco District Attorney's Office, in another court document that was filed earlier this month, said Mr. Pelosi opened the door with his left hand. So the question is, what really happened? According to a source familiar with the investigation who personally watched the police body camera footage from that night, officers knocked on the door of the Pelosi home, then backed away. And the video clearly shows Paul Pelosi opened the door with his left hand just like what was noted in the documents filed by the DA's office. Now, also as written in the DA docs, the source tells us the body cam video shows officers having a brief conversation with Pelosi and David DePap. That's the man accused of breaking into the Pelosi home before DePap starts beating Pelosi with a hammer. Hmm. So how that works. Question is, why is the Biden Department of Justice changing the story if the body camera exists if this investigative reporter is right and they've seen the body cam footage why is the biden department of justice changing the story is it because there may have been some weird stuff happening in that house with joe biden and this guy with the hammer in the underwear in the underwear (laughs) maybe you guys think about that you decide for yourselves my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here with a very special and lovely guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. She is the crazy coupon lady. She's also the crazy Christmas lady, Crystal Hammer. My better half joins us. Hey, Crystal. What's up, guys? So people think that I'm joking when I say it's like an 85-step process to get the Christmas decorations out at our house. Um, We started the process last weekend. I should say you started it. I helped a little bit. But the truth of the matter is you make it such a miserable experience that nobody wants to help you. You know what? I'm not even going to disagree with you. Okay? Okay? I'm not. 
Because the thing, here's my thing. I, I, I do have a process. I do have to stage it out. I put the, you know, the storage boxes in each room, um, what goes into each room. And I go room by room, box by box. And I have to do it that way. I make lists that oh. I cross off when I do stuff because I have to because I do, I do suffer from anxiety. And sometimes if a project is too large, I can my anxiety causes me to shut down. Then why start so a large process to begin with? That was my question. <laughs> Maybe. Because my kids like it, and I love my kids, and I could care oh. less about you. She's, she's using the kids as human shields right here. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Are you a Brownsburg referendum all of a sudden, Crystal, using the kids as human shields? Because even the kids, as much as they love the decorations when they're done, the process... You you make it so miserable that all we want to do is hide. Then, you know, God, I can't stand you. Can we just move on? No, you, you got to tell them to kiss your buttocks, okay? You can't get out of this with just... Yeah, kiss my butt. Uh, other words I'd rather say. Right. Now, to be fair, we still have the Thanksgiving decorations up, and they're going to be up for another week before we make the full transition outside. Right. We haven't made the full transition outside yet. One, it got too cold really quick, quickly. Um, all I have outside right now are the windows are decorated with lights and the roof lights are up. But I still have the fence and I still have to do some of the outside lights around the windows. And I got to put the blow ups up and I have other decorations that go in the yard. So. True or false, Crystal? True or false? You were looking oh, in the go. closet the other day <laughs> and you found two Christmas trees you didn't even know you bought last year. <laughs> Like Clark, I did. <laughs> like Clark Griswold in the attic when he finds a present from 1983. <laughs> I did. I found two, but they really weren't Christmas trees. They were light up. They're called weeping willows, but they're really pretty. But we're actually going to put those outside because they were way too bright. All right. Yes. All right. Mm. So let's get into it here. We got Thanksgiving coming up a week from this Thursday. I can't believe it's that close. That's Thanksgiving crazy. is a week from tomorrow. Let's talk about some savings here. We got food to buy. We got things to look at. What do you got? Okay, well, first I just want to mention, if you do not have Ibotta, if you sign up now um, with an Ibotta account, you're going to get a free butterball turkey up to $14 and side dishes for free. So you can get, you know, part of your Thanksgiving meal could be paid for. And that's for so new users only, right? Yes, it's new users only. If you currently have an Ibotta, there is, they're making you work for it a little bit by use, doing different offers in order to get so the free stuff. Ibotta, just remind everybody, that's the rebate app. You enter in your receipts, yes. you scan in your receipts, and you can earn actual cash. My wife had a question, actually, uh, she wanted me to ask, because we get ours, uh, we use Shipped sometimes to deliver our groceries. Does mm-hmm. it still work? Can you enter in your receipt? Um, do you know... No. Um, with the Ibotta app, if you get it, if if you use a delivery service, do you normally shop at Kroger? Yes, yes. Then no, unfortunately, you have to do with Kroger. Okay, you have to do in store. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, I know I made that mistake a couple times. So <laughs> even if you pull up to the Kroger and you have that deal where yep. they come it out and they load up nope. your own car, you physically have to go in, right? Yeah, because even with curbside pickup, they do not give you physical receipts. It's all digital, and you can't oh, upload yeah. with Kroger. Now, there's other um, companies, um, like you can link your Walmart account 
to Ibotta, and you can do pickup and stuff that way, and it will give you the Ibotta rebates, but with Kroger, unfortunately, no. But free Butterball Turkey if you sign up with that uh, app you're talking about, right? Right. Cool. Up, to, up to $14. That's yes. cool. All right. Yeah. So we've got that going on. What else? Okay, Kroger has some amazing deals, but the first thing I want to talk about right now is there is a coupon that you need to clip. It is the four times fuel points when you buy gift cards. So basically, for every $25 gift card that you buy, you're going to get $100, or I'm sorry, 100 points in fuel, which is equivalent to 10 cents off a gallon. So if you go out and you buy, say, $100 worth of gift cards, you're going to get 40 cents off a gallon. And Christmas is coming up, so once you clip this coupon, it is good from now until uh, December 6th. And you can use it multiple times. It doesn't all have to be in one transaction. But, like, let's say you go out and you want to buy some gifts. Because we all have those people we're going to buy gift cards for, right? For I love Christmas. gift cards. Yeah. I'm a big gift card, you know, exactly. guy. Exactly. So you go out and buy those gift cards and get that four times the fuel points back to save you on some gas money. And you could do it this week. And let's say you get paid next week. You want to buy some more. And not only that, but you can also buy store uh, gift cards to, like, let's say, Kohl's or Target, places that you know you're going to shop for Christmas gifts and turn around and use those gift cards to buy your Christmas gifts. Do we have to buy these gift cards at a specific place? Is it just Kroger? Can you buy it at Walmart, CVS, wherever? This is just a Kroger deal. This is an actual Kroger uh, coupon that you have to clip on their app in order to get the four times uh, fuel points. Okay. Now, what was this cereal deal you were texting me about? Because I love a big, like, embarrassing hillbilly-sized bowl of cereal sometimes. Like in Revenge of the Nerds when they poured a beer in it right. when, they were the, yeah. when they were watching the pies in the morning. Yeah. Right. Cereal at the Hammer household is a big deal, and Captain Crunch right now is on a weekly digital deal. Um, it's regularly priced at three ninety nine a box. It's on sale for two two twenty nine. But if you clip the weekly digital coupon, it's down to a dollar twenty nine a box. But there's a uh, seventy five cent offer from Ibotta, making it just fifty four cents a box, Jeez. up to five boxes. So you could get up to five boxes of say. Captain Crunch or whatever for like 60 mm-hmm. cents a piece. Yeah. 60 cents Impressive. a piece. Impressive. Yeah. 50, 54 cents. So, yeah, that's one of the deals I'm definitely going to uh, run out and get. But there are some great um, weekly digital coupons on produce as well at Kroger. So, definitely check your Kroger app and check those uh, weekly digital coupons. So, we're going to put uh, your information up on our Twitter and our Facebook so people can follow along because it's easier sometimes to see the images and the videos of how you do it mm-hmm. than this real quick session we have here. But, Nigel, and I do have a challenge for you for next week. Yes. Uh-oh. If oh, you choose no. to accept this, the crazy coupon uh-huh. lady. Next week, by the time we talk, it will be one of the busiest drinking nights of the year, the night before Thanksgiving. A big party night for a lot of people. And then, of course, the next day, when you're around the family, a lot of booze gets drank as well. Next week, when you come on this show, on this segment, we want deals on booze. Can it be done? It can be done. Actually, I've already started looking. All right. Okay. I like that. For, for our family, I've already started looking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if anybody wants to follow you, if they've got questions, because Nigel and I can't explain this stuff, nope. but if they've got <laughs> questions and they want to follow you, how do they do that? 
Just look on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, search Crystal Hammer, spelled C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L, just like the Christmas queen. There she is, the crazy (laughs) Christmas lady, the crazy coupon lady, Crystal Hammer. Thank you. Bye, guys. All right, coming up next, uh, we got a lot going on with this missile that went into Poland. A couple of errant missiles. They thought Russia dropped them in Poland on purpose, and then we're calling. You know, by the time we started this show yesterday, like there was hashtag World War Three going around Twitter. Right. That's not exactly what happened. It shows you how haywire these things can go, though, and how quickly it could go downhill. Uh, we'll talk to Frances Martel from Breitbart. She's the world editor. She knows exactly what happened. We'll have that conversation coming up right after the news. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. It is the Hammer and Nigel show. So yesterday, right about showtime, we started getting reports that Russia dropped a couple bombs in Poland, right next to Ukraine's border, right? A couple then, errant missiles, yeah, right? Yeah, something, something like that. And then all of a sudden, social media starts blowing up. World War III, uh, hashtag nuke, just going absolute nuts. And I'm, we're, we're looking at each other thinking, wait, hold on. This doesn't make any sense. So uh, let's fast forward to about 24 hours later. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Francis Martel, world editor at Breitbart, to kind of take us through this. How are you, Francis? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Can, can we start yesterday with the initial reports that, that Russian missiles hit inside uh, Poland's border? Yes, uh, absolutely. So um, I think it was around 3 p.m. local time in Poland also that the explosions struck. There were multiple explosions, two people confirmed dead, and that was kind of all we knew for a few hours. Um, And then some photos started circulating of the debris from the explosion, and there was a lot of sort of heated Twitter debate over what they meant, what sort of missiles it looked like. Um, And by the end of the day, you know, our time in the United States, um, the... Uh, Polish presidency was saying, you know, as far as we know, this doesn't look like an intentional attack. Um, And the the Biden administration, to its credit, uh, was very quick to say, we're not doing anything rash. We're going to wait and see what develops. And so now we're here today. Uh, uh, By the way, the Ukrainian government immediately said the Russians bombed Poland. You know, time for NATO to to get involved. Um, and now today, what we know from the Polish government is it looks like a Ukrainian air defense missile was responsible. And we still don't know what that means. What we know is that um, it was either a Russian missile that was flying into Ukraine, intercepted by a Ukrainian missile, and then ended up in Poland, or it was a Ukrainian missile that was intending to hit a Russian missile and instead fell in Poland. We don't know for sure yet. Expand on that, if you would, just for a minute, uh, compare and contrast the reactions from, say, you know, leaders in Poland to Zelensky in Ukraine immediately saying, we must act. Sure. Um, so there were a few European allies that were a little bit with Zelensky and saying, you know, if the Russians did this, we have to greatly expand the response. Uh, bombing Poland is completely unacceptable. But Zelensky, and, and I say him personally, because he didn't send out any underlings or spokesmen to make these claims. He put out a video of him talking, and he tweeted from his account saying the Russians bombed Poland, and we <laughs> need the world to end 
this this Russian regime, basically. Um, if if not in those exact words, um, the intent was clear. He was saying Russia. He used the word terrorist. He described the Russian government as terrorist, um, and he said, you know, it's impossible to have world peace if we keep having these Russians here. And as far as I could tell, right before I hopped on the call with you guys, um, the Ukrainian government is still saying that they think it's a Russian missile. They're not necessarily saying anymore that the Russians shot the missile, but they're saying it definitely wasn't our missile. So we don't know for sure why they're claiming that yet, um, but that's where things stand now. But ultimately, Francis, it feels like Zelensky rushing to judge when he didn't know exactly what was going on yet, trying to basically trigger everybody into this war with Russia. That can't be overlooked. That's incredibly dangerous, I feel like. Yes, absolutely. And this is classic Zelensky. Um, I feel like a lot of people started paying attention to him after February when the war escalated. But if you were monitoring him as a president um, since, you know, 2019 when he was elected, he's very prone to uh, quick bouts of anger, you know, public outbursts. This is nothing new. Um, And, you know, the the outbursts I remember the most are um, when he got implicated in Trump's impeachment and they tried to drag him into it. He would have these very public outbursts of like, this is none of my business. I don't care. Leave me out of it. And the other one was last year when um, Biden lifted sanctions on Russia. He came out and, and just started destroying Biden in, in public, saying, you know, this is this is going to lead to war. This is horrible. Um, no filter. He's a very no filter guy. So um, this is not surprising to me. But um, that obviously doesn't diminish, you know, what a problem it is that you have this this unreliable narrator that is trying to dominate the the narrative. So, Francis, this is a loaded, one-sided question, and I'm well aware of this, but it feels like everybody puts Zelensky up on this pedestal. You've got Sean Penn wanting to give his Academy Award to Zelensky. People want him at award shows. Is he a shady guy? Because we're hearing stories about this. There's some controversy going on with the crypto story. You know, did they take part in some sort of money laundering cryptocurrency scheme? Is Zelensky a shady guy? Oof, that's a question. I mean, he's a politician. So, yeah. Every single person who has run for any office ever should be treated as shady, untrustworthy, not respected. That's that's my you know general answer. But I, I know you want something more specific, and I can give you that. Um, Ukrainian politics is very dirty, and he won his election because he was an outsider. Um, so I wouldn't say he's shadier than other Ukrainian politicians, and I don't think his um, sort of rushing to worst case scenario uh, agitation is necessarily shady. I think that's just who he is. He's impulsive. Um, But he is not someone that we should be blindly trusting or, you know, elevating as, you know, beyond reproach because he's a politician. He ran for office. Therefore, you know, there's something wrong with him, to, to put him mildly. Yeah, uh, Francis Martel, world editor at Breitbart here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Now, yesterday, notwithstanding, am I crazy in thinking that his tone, Zelensky's tone, had started to change a little bit in terms of this expanded war 
with Russia, uh, you know, no negotiations. And, the, and then I, I feel like the rhetoric kind of softened a little bit. No, it did. It absolutely did. I mean, last, you know, before this last bombing, he was talking about um, bringing people like at COP27, which is a climate change conference, and he was invited to speak for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> he said, um, you know, it is up to the rest of the world to pressure Russia into negotiations. Um, just using the word negotiations was toning down what he was doing, because in October, he passed a decree saying that negotiations with Putin were impossible. And he used the word impossible, meaning we're not talking to the guy. Um, he made it clear that he'd talk to anybody else in the Russian government. Um, it, but he basically said, it, we will talk if the Russians overthrow their president, which is um, a big ask. <laughs> Um, But you're right. It had softened a little bit. And that's I mean, that's what I'm saying about Zelensky. He's an impulsive guy. He he had clearly changed the script um, for for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, this one event happens and he just shows up online immediately and starts, you know. Yeah. And that shows you how quickly crap like this can spin out of control. Which is really just kind of scary when you think about it, but it doesn't make any sense at all that Russians would bomb a NATO country. They can barely keep up with. How are the Russians faring in Ukraine right now? Poorly. Um, you know, and, and I, my rule of thumb is if I only believe something about this war if both the Russian government and the Ukrainian government agree and say the same thing about it. And they both agree that Russian troops left Kherson, which is uh, a territory north of Crimea, that they had taken. Putin had annexed it. And they withdrew most of their forces from there. Zelensky was in the city of uh, Kherson on Monday. He was there celebrating raising the Ukrainian flag. That's a major loss for the Russians, and the Russians don't deny that they withdrew. So it wasn't looking that good. The tide can always turn if Putin decides to send a huge wave of reinforcements. So I'm not saying, you know, the war was about to end or anything, but the momentum was clearly not on their side. Um, so yeah, bombing Poland out of nowhere would, would not have been a very yeah. rational choice. So, so errant missiles notwithstanding, where do you, I mean, do you see this ending anytime soon. You're the only one that's consistently pointed out that I've seen in the media that this has been going on since 2014, by the way, between these two countries. Do you see how do you see this playing out at all? Um, yeah, and, and thank you for noticing that. Yeah. I think it's the most important context here. Is this, this is going on for almost a decade, and I really find it hard to believe that it's just going to abruptly end. Um, but I do think what's going to happen is it is starting to not be to the benefit of either side to have this level, this escalation of violence, this spread out in the Ukrainian territory for this long. So um, I can see a short-term future where there's some form of negotiation that results in a partial Russian withdrawal, and then we just end up where we were before February, which is the Donbass region is a war zone. It's, it's you know, the, the people who live there have to live with this horrendous war, but the elites in Kiev and the elites in Moscow are happy, and they, you know, sanctions get lifted, and so the people with influence and power and money don't have to deal with the war anymore, but there's still, you know, hot spots where the local population has to deal with it. Francis, we got about 30 seconds left here, and we'll let you get out on this one. Do you see the Biden administration continuing to donate dollar after dollar to prolong this war to make it kind of a scapegoat for their failures? 
Yes, I think so. I think every time that the Biden administration gets pinned on inflation or any domestic issue, they start talking about Ukraine, and I don't see them changing that strategy. Francis, what are you working on at Breitbart? Well, I'm doing some G20 coverage wrap-up, um, Xi Jinping scolding Justin Trudeau, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and you know uh, China's coronavirus outbreaks and the ongoing lockdowns. Yeah, did, did we, I mean, I noticed, I know I knew Joe Biden met up with President Xi. Um, did they talk about uh, Wuhan labs and Uyghur Muslim slaves at all? I'm assuming, nope. No. They talked about no pandemic. They talked about no genocide. Mm, just, <laughs> just climate, climate change. change. Okay. Climate change, right. cartoons, and all things yeah. Joe Biden's interested in. <laughs> all right. Francis Martel, world editor at Breitbart. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, another hour of the Hammer and Nigel Show coming up after 6 o'clock. Uh, more analysis. Donald Trump announcing to the world he's going to make America great again, again. Greater, um, greater, again, again. By uh, announcing his uh, big 2024 run. If you missed that, we'll have more of that after 6 o'clock. Wasn't it make America greater and glorious again, McGaga? Is that what was... I, I saw that trending on Twitter, but I didn't know what that was. Yes. Did he say that? Make yes. America glorious again. Okay. Uh, okay, fine. Sure. Well, I mean, go with what works or what's familiar at the very least. Uh, Jay Leno, uh, comedian, longtime host of The Tonight Show. Did you see this? He burned his face, set his face on fire working on one of his cars. Must Did have been a big com- fire. It was a, <laughs> I'm sorry. A that's huge, in poor taste. It's a huge dome. But he was fixing a... We know a little bit more about what happened. He was fixing this clogged fuel line on a steam car. Oh, that was, I don't know, made by the White Motor Company uh, in 1907. So he accidentally sprayed gas. He's like a big car collector. Sure, he's got a car show. I'm about to play a clip here in a second. He accidentally sprayed some gas on his face and hands. And at the same time, a little spark triggered, uh, triggered an explosion that lit him up. And uh, he suffered third-degree burns. He's had to go to the burn center there in California, in Los Angeles. Um, might need some skin grafts. I've had friends that have accidentally lit their arm. One friend in particular lit his arm on fire. Said it was the worst pain he's ever felt. Had to go to the burn center. Had to oh. sit in like a hot tub while they kind of peeled the skin off oh, a little bit. Oh, that sounds horrible. It's, it was, he said it's the worst thing he's oh, ever felt. Oh, my goodness. So uh, he's still in the hospital. He might have to stay in there into next week. That's the update on Jay Leno. I hope he's okay. Uh, third degree burns on his face and hands. Here's a clip of, uh, it's called Jay Leno's Garage. Um, it kind of shows him talking about the car. That he um, was 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 using or he was fixing. Was is this the this is clip? Not, no, no, no. This is just a clip from the show. It's not okay. the it's not the clip. Welcome to another episode of Jay Leno's Garage. Tonight we're going to be talking about the white steam car. This is the thirty horse. So that's the same car that he was working on when he got lit on fire. Dude, having a burned sucks. Oh, it, we talked just, yesterday, like earache and toothache. Yeah. Which one is worse? Oh, burn. It burn anywhere is the burn worst. Burn hand on a skillet or something like that. It lasts for weeks, and mm-hmm. it, 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 the pain never goes away. Remember those morons who were going on social media <laughs> and yeah. burning the coils on their skin? Yeah, it was the coil, coil challenge. challenge. Sure, yeah, that's quality content there on on YouTube and TikTok <laughs> for sure. Okay, uh, much more to come on the Hammer and Nigel Show, ninety three WIBC.